Emmanuel already has come. He came in our place to go to the cross for us, Father. We celebrate that tonight at his table as we sup with him and one another, remembering his body and blood given for us. But we rejoice that Emmanuel is coming again to take his bride home. And until then, Father, there's a lot of hard, difficult things we have to weather. But because he's come and because he's coming again, we have a peace and a sure hope that cannot be shaken. So join our hearts together by your Holy Spirit that we might come humbly and thankfully to worship the living Christ whose birth and resurrection and atoning death we celebrate, all to the end that you might have the glory. We ask in his precious name. Amen. Please be seated. I want to welcome you and uh, thank you for joining us on this very special night for this very wonderful and precious service. Lord inviting us who know and trust in him to come to his table. I have no other announcements other than that, so let me go now to our lighting of the Advent candle. As you see here, the Morris family will be doing for us. Thank you very much. very much. Well now join together in a responsive prayer. I'll be reading the part that's not bold and you read the bold please. Let's join our hearts in prayer to the Lord. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. Let us call upon his holy name. We rejoice that you were born among us to help us in our need. By the miracle of redeeming love, forgive us our sins. Your strength was shown not only at the cross, but also at the empty tomb. Come to our feeble hearts with power to redeem and sanctify us. You are our only source of everlasting life. Come, claim us as your children now that we may live forever in your care. Attune our ears to hear again the angel's song of thy peace and goodwill toward men, so that our lives may reflect your love to those around us. In thy gracious name, O Savior. Amen. We're going to now continue in what is our custom to go through the gospel uh, as we find it in the account in Luke chapter 2 and interspersed with songs that are appropriate. I'm not going to be announcing anything other than the hymn number. I hope everyone has a bulletin to follow along. Let's hear God's word together. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And Joseph went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, under the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, 
because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. Number 201, verse 1. that while they were there the days were accomplished that she should be delivered and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Number 2.13 verses 1 and 2. same region shepherds abiding in the field keeping watch over their flocks by night and lo the angel of the Lord came upon them 
and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. Number 218, 1 and 2. said, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God. Verse 3 of number 208. as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known unto us. Number 203, verse 3.
They came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen this, they made known the saying which had been told them about this child. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Verse 4 of number 201. Holy child of Ago in Bethlehem, so the Holy Bible says, Mary's boy child, Jesus Christ, was born on Christmas Day. Hard not hear the angels sing. New kings born today, and man will live forevermore because of Christmas Day. While shepherds watched their flocks by night, they saw a bright new shining star And heard a choir from heaven sing Music seemed to come from afar Art now hear the angels sing New kings born today and man will live forevermore because of Christmas name. <clears throat> now Joseph and his wife Mary come to Bethlehem that night. They found no place to bear her child 
Not a single room was in sight By and by they found a little nook In a stable all forlorn And there in a manger cold and dark Mary's little boy child was born Trumpets sound and angels sing Listen what they say That man will live forevermore Because of Christmas Day You for singing the Lord even more for that message, Mary's boy child who has come. As we prepare to go to communion, I want to read a quote from Sinclair Lewis's book. It's a Love Came Down at Christmas. It's a study of 1 Corinthians 13, looking at that verse and uh, about the love, Jesus Christ who came down at Christmas, the book of Advent readings, and the one for the day, the 24th. I want to read an essay, a portion of essay by uh, Sir U- Sir James Young Simpson. He was born in Scotland. He became a physician who became famous for being the first physician to use an anesthetic. Uh, not excuse me, anesthetic. Anesthetic. Yes, anesthetic. The one to put you to sleep. And um, <laughs> same thing preachers do when they're preaching, but not as effectively. He actually experimented on himself and friends, and so he was well known for that. But he was also, and he more importantly, well known for the Christian life that he lived. And he wrote this Christian essay, or this essay entitled "My Substitute." It says, when I was a boy at school, I saw a sight I, I never can forget. A man tied to a cart, dragged before the people's eyes through the streets of my native town, his back torn and bleeding from the lash. It was a shameful punishment. For many offenses? No, for one offense. Did any of the townsmen offer to divide the lashes with him? No, he, was committed, he who committed the offense bore the penalty all alone. It was the penalty of a changing human law where it was the last instance of its infliction. When I was a student at the university, I saw another sight I never shall forget. A man brought out to die. His arms were pinned his face already as pale as death. Thousands of eager eyes were on him as he came up from the jail in sight. Did any man ask to die in his room? Did any friends come and loose the rope to say, put it around my neck, I will die instead? No, he underwent the sentence of the law. For many offenses? No, for one offense. He had stolen a money parcel from a stagecoach. He broke the law at one point and died for it. It was a penalty of a changing human law, in this case also. It was the last instance of capital punishment being just inflicted for that offense. I saw another side. It, it matters not when. Myself, a sinner, standing on the brink of ruin, deserving naught but hell. For one sin? No, for many, many sins, committed against the unchanging laws of God. But again I looked, and I saw Jesus, my substitute, scorched in my stead, dying on the cross for me. I looked and wept and was forgiven. And it seemed to me to be my duty to tell you of that Savior, to see of you 
will not also look and live. And then he goes on in the essay to tell about a man he had heard uh, that was dying of an illness, a man who had never come to faith in Christ. A pastor had gone to him time and time again to share with him the gospel, but to no avail. And when death was very near, the daughter went and pled with the clergyman to come one more time. He said, well, I've told him everything. He doesn't want to hear it. He said, please, one more time. I can't bear to see my father die this way. And so he came. He said, well, I'll go and I'll simply share with him a sermon I've just preached. He says, my friend, I have come to read to you the sermon I've just preached. First, I shall tell you the text. And then he quoted from Isaiah 53. He was wounded for our transgressions. Now I shall read, hold. The dying man stopped him. I have it. Read no more. He was wounded for my transgressions. And soon after he died, resting in Christ. That's why we're here today, tonight. That's why we sing these carols. Born that man no more may die. Uh, we're going to die, but we're not going to stay dead if we have Christ. Because he is the one who came in our place as our substitute, what this very supper represents to us. The one who gave his body and his flesh for us. We prepare now to come to the table. We know it's Christmas. It's a joyous time for us. Uh, some of you may have already opened your presents. Others may be waiting to do it. But at Christmas, we do that. Presents are given. And all through America, throughout the world, all kinds of gifts are there. Uh, brightly wrapped, uh, waiting to be opened by eager hands and excited children and others. Uh, they vary in size and shape and value. Maybe it's a toy doll. Or maybe it's that young girl's first pair of real ear earrings, one that actually comes from a jewelry store in a little felt-lined uh, box. Maybe it's an action figure or a, a video game. Maybe it's something more valuable. Maybe it's a diamond necklace or keys to a new car. The point is, whatever the gift is, they vary in size and shape and all, all kinds of ways. But the one thing all gifts have in common is that they have a giver and they have a recipient. And that's why we use name tags to John from Sally, or to Bob from Betty, and so forth. And it was no different for our Heavenly Father when he gave the greatest gift of all. Here again, those precious words delivered by the angel to the shepherd. Uh, Jonathan and them read them just a moment ago. But before we read them, or before I read them, just sound this word of caution, I guess, to my heart and to yours. We've heard them so often. This will be the third time you've heard them tonight, probably. We've heard them during the Christmas season. You've heard them in sermons. We've sung them in the carols. And because of that, and we're so familiar with it, we can lose a sense of wonder and awe of having a heart overwhelmed with, with thanksgiving and gratitude to the God who came and what he did. And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good news of a great joy which shall be for all the people. For today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. You see it, or did you hear it? God's gift tag at the manger. For you, a Savior has been born. For you, a Savior. We know what the gift is. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we know why he became flesh and what he did by going to the cross and dying in our place. So we know what the gift is. We know who it is that gave it. The Father who so loved the world, a world he didn't need, a world that Thumbed our, nose, uh, face in his, thumbed our sins in his face and were in enmity with him. But he so loved the world, he gave us his son. So we know what the gift is, and we know who it is that gave it, and we know for whom he gave it. For the whomever, for you today is born a Savior, that for you 
is anyone and everyone. Just like presents. We come in different shapes and sizes and all other kind of baggage, but anyone and everyone who truly knows sorrow for their sins is looking to Christ alone to take away those sins through what he did at the cross, what is represented here. We come tonight knowing what that gift is and who gave it and knowing that it's for us. If indeed, by God's grace, we come confessing our sins and looking to Christ and him alone and his shed blood to cleanse us. So as we gather, I hope if you haven't done that, you need to do that. Please, by all means, not for my sake, but for yours. But if we have, let's come to the table and do what we should always do when someone gives us a gift. And that's thank the giver. Father, I say that, and that might even sound clever. I don't know. I don't mean that in a vain sort of way, but clever or not, it, it doesn't cut the mustard. We can't begin to thank you enough for your indescribable gift of your son and for what it is that he bore and did for us, not for one offense or two, but for all our offenses, but how we thank you that he did. And we pray that we have hearts that are resting in Christ alone, confessing our sins and looking to him and to nothing else for your cleansing and your forgiveness, which we could never deserve. For, Father, of all the gifts we give and receive throughout our lives, we're thankful for them, but at the end of the day, if we don't have your gift, the gifts of men won't mean it. The gifts of man won't mean a thing. So give us hearts that rest on Jesus as we come now before you to his table and thank you for your greatest of all gifts and for the one who gave himself for us. We ask it in his precious name. Amen. Number 194, I think, is our... Excuse me, 195. We're going to sing the first two verses of Joy to the World, have the Lord's Supper, and then we'll close with the last two verses. 195, verses 1 and 2. table but to the Lord's table who invites all as we just said who confess their sins and true repentance and look to him alone nothing in our hands we bring as the hymn says but look to him alone for our forgiveness through his atoning death he invites you to come and commune with him uh, if you have put your faith in Lord Jesus and have confessed your sins to him then he invites us all to come and partake by faith these are common elements uh, they don't take away our sin but they represent the broken body and shed blood of the one who does. Here again now the words of the institution that the Apostle Paul gives us. 
I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death until he comes. Let's pray. Father, again, we thank you for that sweet and greatest of all gifts, the gift, the only gift that truly does matter, and the one that can never be lost or taken away, the gift of your Son. Tell us, as many as received him, to them you gave the right to become children of God. And it's not of us or the flesh, it's of your will and your grace. And so we come tonight as those who, by your grace, are looking to Christ alone, thankful that we can join you at this table and commune with our Savior in a way that is beyond words, but to know that he's with us in our hearts and in our fellowship, that his blood takes away our sin, that his broken body was the sacrifice given in our place. And so we come to fellowship with him over these precious elements the speak of the Savior who was broken for us, man of sorrows and full of grief, but by whose stripes we're healed. So take these elements and use them to that end to help lead our hearts to Jesus, to look not to this table, but to the one who joins us here, the one whom it represents and the one who's invited us. And so may we feed by faith upon the living Savior who conquered death and sin for us and who's coming back in power and victory one day to take his church home. To you be the glory in it all, we ask with praise and thanks in the name of our Savior and our precious substitute. Amen. As we pass the elements as you receive them, you may go ahead and uh, commune as you receive. As the elders to come forward if they would. Lord Jesus took the bread and broke it at that Passover meal in the upper room and said, this is my body broken for you. Take and eat it in remembrance of me.
Lord said, your fathers ate manna in the wilderness, and they're dead. But he that eats the bread that I shall give him shall live forever. And the bread that I give for the world is my flesh, my body broken for you. They continued the meal. He took the Passover cup, Passover wine, and blessed it and said, This is, cup represents my blood shed for the forgiveness of sins. Drink you all from it.
All we like sheep have gone astray. The Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. And by his stripes we've been healed. And when I see the blood, I will pass over. And no judgment will befall you. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, look to him in prayer. Father, we love and thank you for this precious privilege to come to the table of our Lord, but even more, we praise you for your sovereign grace and sweet Holy Spirit who brought us not just to the table, but to your Son, to rest in him by faith. We might go forth from here and into a new year and the remainder of our lives here on earth, knowing that we're in the hands of him who loved us and gave himself for us, the one who, having loved his own, loved them to the end. May we go forth and represent Christ to a dying world for your glory, and we thank you in his precious name. Amen. We're going to stand when the organ begins, and we're going to sing verses 3 and 4. I think it's 195. bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace through Christ the Prince of Peace now and ever. Amen. Thank you for your help.